everyone, this is Dan, the GM, and I'm welcoming you to What the Dice. Now, you might think you're a week off, because it is January 1st, and we had an episode come out yesterday. Well, this episode's a little special. This is our one-year anniversary birthday Q&A. So, I'm joined, as always, with my crew. So, hey guys, how about you uh, give yourselves an uh, introduction? <laughs> Sound off! One, two, sound off. Three, sound. I mean. You said one, two, and I wanted to go one, two, ah, ah, ah. ah. And that would be all from us. <laughs> yeah, you should know my voice by now. I'm Nightlin. Who do you play? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kalila. I'm, I'm the cat. Pretty sure. Apparently not, but yes. And you know my voice. I'm Keith, and I play the Huggadin. Clyde. <laughs> I think we should actually design this as a class. Can we please? Because I think everyone needs a hug it in. Everybody. Everybody needs a hug it in now and then. And I'm Ethan, and you guys know my voice because I'm defibulous. Do the defibulous voice. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Brass bolts. <laughs> And for anyone who is not on our Patreon and hasn't had a chance to catch up on all the episodes, we do have our moderator, who is actually a new character known as Faye. She is introduced in the Murdoch's uh, arc. So, uh, Faye, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Pixie, and I play a character named Faye Hushfall. You'll get to find out about her soon. Fish. I mean, I think... I think yesterday was like 30-something. Yeah, because yesterday released uh, the green and the mad or something like that. So. Yeah, that was a butchered title. Bloody yeah. Bloody what Lies? No, Bloody Bloody Lies came out on Christmas Eve. And it was... Or will uh, be coming out on Christmas. No, 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 no. No, no. no. We're in the future. <laughs> damn. Yeah, we're, All we're right, in the future. damn, never mind. Damn it! Future! Future, future. The future. I think it's Into like... the future. Oh, I love that song. For in the future, can we get some like winning lottery numbers and go back to the past and fix some things? Four. It works like that. Yeah. Uh, so what came out yesterday was the green. What's green and mad all over? Into the future. Which, oh, okay. Which is when you guys are trying to get into the orc encampment. <gasps> That's right. So episode 35, 39 came out yesterday. Wow. Huh. Wait, so, wait. We just finished talking about the future. Yeah. What, so when is this going to air? This is going to end. This episode is released <laughs> on one one twenty two. Oh, okay. So we're not that. When far. will now like, be then? Yeah. When will now be then, please? Soon. Yesterday. I need my words. I will pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> somebody had to say it. You know somebody had to say that. Yeah, somebody Thank had to you. say it. So, um, how do we want to get this started? We've got a list of questions from some people that follow us on Twitter. And if you guys aren't not following us, it's at WhatTheDicePod in uh, Twitter. We, we, we also have, you know, Facebook, 
and and what else? There's Patreon. Uh, this is yeah. when we're allowed to whore ourselves out. <laughs> so you guys can you can also find us on Facebook, which is What the Dice Pod, and Patreon, which I don't remember the exact link on that. Give me a sec, let me pull it up. I think it's like What the Dice Pod, all in one word. There might yeah. be an underscore. Editing magic. It is What the Dice underscore podcast. So, and if you guys are not in our Patreon, you should take a, definitely take a look. We do things like you get to add custom equipment into our show, which is checked by me and Ethan. And we also do things like on some tiers, you get access to every episode as they're finished over on YouTube. So you'll yeah, actually so like get... if you logged in, you could be on episode 60 instead of 30. Yeah. Uh, we also post our maps and art and stuff like that. So we do all sorts of stuff on the the Patreon. And you also get heads up of what we've got cooking in the pipeline. Uh, I do try. We do have several things that we're all working on in the background to make more for everyone. Because we want everyone to have something they can enjoy. And we have a merch shop. We can't forget the merch shop because merch shops are fun. And they got stickers, t-shirts, and a crap ton of stuff. You said Merc. I thought Mercenary for a moment there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else that we want to add? Oh, we also have a Discord. If you guys want to join us on the Discord, you can find those links at whatthedice.weebly.com. Yay, whore out. Yay, yep. thank you for the whoring. Oh, and review us, because, you know, reviews also help us out. If you want to do one of the bigger ones, it's called Podchaser, but Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can... Spotify, whatever. Of, yeah. Well, Spotify doesn't do reviews. They just give you a follow or don't follow. Oh. But yeah, so Apple, um, Google, I believe, also has ratings and stuff like that. But those also help because that throws us some information on what you guys think of the show, as well as adds to the algorithms. And we're all about fighting the algorithms because they're Fight. the big bad I even. mean algorithms. So, um... Hey, take it away. Yeah, I'm done talking for now. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah, I know. I'm the GM. I just talk. All right, so I have a lovely list of questions here from fantastic listeners and followers. And I'm just kind of going to start the stop at the top. These are not necessarily sorted in any particular order. It's a grab bag. Let's go. I have one from Hyperlife Tabletop RPGs, and they have a question for the general cast. Their uh, Twitter handle is at HyperLifeTTRPG. The question for the cast is, what is your favorite archetype of character to play? How do you put a twist on that archetype to make it your own? One, two, three, not it. Not it. Not it. Okay. Nothing like so, throwing you under the bus, huh? Yeah. He's the hug it in. He has to take it for the team. And honestly, I think mine is probably the easiest because everybody here kind of knows what my favorite archetype is. Yeah. And that is a rogue. This is actually the first campaign that I've ever played uh, a lawful good character and uh, a paladin at that. I've played other um, adins that <laughs> are kind of, but not really a true lawful good paladin. Uh, my favorite archetype is a rogue. And how I usually put a twist on it is make him like a, a subclass or a combo class 
or not sub, not class, sorry, a, a sub race or a combo race that puts a little twist on it, like um, Tiefling to have a little bit of spell, um, or a Shadow one to have uh, more assassination, or um, something with more charisma to do more social uh, investigation type of, of road, but um, it's usually my favorite archetype is to be the um, pokey pokey, I come out and stab you and then disappear, Rogue. Stabby, stabby. So I guess I'll go next then? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we nominate um, you. Thanks. So I don't play a lot of Pathfinder D&D in general. I used to play a lot of Rogues. Uh, I ended up playing a lot more Shadowrun. So I like playing... Um, deckers and riggers mostly riggers because you get the the ability to have all the drones and you're usually the driver of the the team so you can do all the really weird stuff like you know hacking into someone else's car now we're stealing their car while being chased by lone star and stuff like that and i always do stuff that i play something like my last character was motorhead and he was from the confederate states which is basically he was a southerner and i made it to where he was this big old troll or big old orc and he was this like southern racer that only raced in a uh, the semi races so he had this big souped up trailer uh tractor called angel that was his exclusive vehicle. He would not drive anything else. So I, uh, I, I definitely gave him an interesting flair. Yeah, Motorhead was loud. Yeah, he was. Well, I'll step up to the plate next. And uh, a favorite archetype. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite archetype. Things with ranged, and I always want to play things with spells, and then I get mad at the, the casting system and how they handle magic, and then I go back to ranged. But I, I, I think I more just pick the type of weapon class that I want to play with, and then I put like an extreme personality on top of my characters. Uh, for example, uh, we'll stick in the fantasy realm. I, I'm normally used to playing anything but D and D. Or, or Pathfinder in this case. Uh, but the last character I did, she actually was a half-orc barbarian fighter. So the first time I ever really gone after like the, a melee up close and personal class, but her twist was, uh, her name was Voncha and she talked in third person. So I, I always find extreme personalities to put on top of, of them to make them my own. I, I don't know if I have a favorite class. Uh, I don't think out of all the years I've done D&D that I've ever actually had just a favorite archetype or class. I kind of balance between anything that... I'll try anything at least once, except for Paladin. I just, for whatever reason, can't get behind Paladins. I'm sorry, Keith. You can't do it. It's okay. I, I didn't it's a love it or hate either. it. I really didn't think I could either, so that's why I tried to do something completely out of my wheelbox for this one. I, tr I tried, and someone told me that I was butchering paladins and I should be ashamed of myself, so. 
<laughs> I'm not surprised to hear that. I've been gaming with you a long time. Okay, well, all you needed to do in that case was get a sharper knife. I mean, come on. Or a longer lance. <laughs> well, you see, stabbing people just indiscriminately, I guess, doesn't count for being a paladin, so... I guess it depends on who your god is, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I was tempting a, a fae here to come in with a very much inappropriate paladin. Okay, I would totally have done it if, if, the, if the thing was PG-13. Okay, I really would have. Moving along. But, um, I try very hard just from years of playing D&D &D primarily and a few other games. Just find some interesting quirk I can... You know, throw it, throw in, mix it with the character, and see if it works by using the rest of the people in the group as guinea pigs. Weep, 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 weep. Exactly. I mean, you know, doing a shadow run, I had a brain damaged troll that could only speak in Star Trek terms, which was kind of hilarious. Do you remember my Star Wars character, Vala? Yes. Vala spoke for Vala, and she had two personalities: Vala and Vala. Well, I mean, you had my droid that thought he was a human. Yeah, that was fun too. And obsessed with safety violations of every kind. So, so we're the extreme side of quirky personalities over here. Archetype doesn't matter. No. I mean, I had a Warforged at one point that every time he woke, he woke up in the day, he created, he did that DOS boot up noise every time he woke up. <laughs> yeah, we had to stop game for like half an hour as everyone kept snorting and laughing. It was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, the, the last thing that, that <clears throat> the closest thing that I had done be, uh, to a paladin before this was uh, in 3.5 I think it's called a shadow brain inquisitor because it was I think that's what it is I can't remember now um, it's basically I have smite but I also have another smite that if I think you're evil I smite you again <laughs> double smite is that like double tap Double tap, yeah. Because if you're evil, I smite you. But if also, if I think they're evil, even if you're not, but if I think you're evil, I get to smite you again. Brutal. That is brutal. Yep. Well, I know personally I'm stepping out of my comfort zone here. I'm a forever healer. And it doesn't really matter the class, but that's the archetype. And I just kind of lean into it, go whole hog. Run with the stereotype, why not? But, alright, so... The next question is from Gathering of the Ages podcast, and their Twitter handle is at Gathering Ages. They would like to know, I would love to know how your players created their characters, if anything inspired them, or if the characters they were playing on this show were the first characters they came up with, or if they had a couple of different options they were deciding between. Are we rolling for an initiative? Me, you want me to just go again? Yes. Yeah, let's let's have yes. Keith go first. This Keith is a good told. order. I'm very comfortable with this order. <laughs> um, well, it was not the first character that I I rolled up, but um, I ro I thought of a rogue, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do something completely different because I know rogues inside and out, left and right, up and down. Something, something. So I decided something to do biggity? something that I kind of knew nothing about did some research about spells and which way to go, that kind of thing, and came up with um, a paladin. Um, some of the inspiration um, for the paladin is being the lawful good. Uh, life changes, getting married, having a, a child on the way, made me feel more uh, 
more good about what uh, I was doing. So I was like, you know what? Let's kind of embrace the the paladin and go as far as I can with it. And it, it subtly comes out in the way I played it with the whole um, Huggadin <laughs> thing, because I, I will talk to anybody, and it, it kind of involves what I do for my job, being able to talk to anybody in healthcare and at any time. So uh, subtle things in that kind of come out as well. Art imitating life. Awesome. Yep. Um, I guess I can talk about what inspired... I guess... What inspired what? Sir Reginald would be a good one? Yeah, sure. Go with your favorite NPC, Mr. Dima GM. <laughs> so, uh, my inspiration for Sir Reginald was I was listening to a podcast called The Rusty Quill. And in the beginning of their first season, they had a, a character. Oh, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but he was their paladin. And I really enjoyed how he was portrayed as this, like, he was a rich kid that wanted to be, wanted to follow out and be like his, his family and be this hero. And I started looking at some old uh, British TV shows and stuff like that, just kind of trying to get that accent that I was looking for, that, that Sir Reginald sound. And I ended up watching bits and pieces of Pirates of Panchia, I believe it's what it is. It's an old, old play, and there's a song which is, "I am the modern, I am a model of the modern day." Oh crap! Now I can't remember it. One that nobody can sing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's that song. Everybody knows it is that. Nothing else. Yeah, and it's this idea of Sir Reginald had in my head. Sir Reginald, if he was not in paladin armor, like if I put him in. Um, like the modern day, he would be walking around with a long twisted mustache with a pit helmet on and that khaki uniform with that cane under his hip and he always just very proper, very proper. And uh, that's that's kind of what inspired me was that that classic major general thing that 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 old that old style look and that's what I ran with and Nicodemus came from me being grumpy. I don't know. I can't think of any of the other NPCs that really stick out in Those my head. Those are the two it? major ones, Nicodemus yeah. and Sir Reginald. Well, there's also the storyteller, which... Yeah, the storyteller just kind of became. He never we'll, really we'll was thought out. We'll get yeah. to him. Yeah. So. Oh, I guess that means it's my turn. Crap. Um... So how how I came up with the character? Okay, so this kind of came at like two angles. Uh, one, I don't know Pathfinder, and I kind of know D and D, so I just kind of guessed on an archetype. And I remembered playing actually in a Keith's game. He he ran a D and D campaign, and I was a fly by night, dropped in every now and again character. And she was a hunter, and a, ta a tabaxi, if I remember right. If that was yep. right, yeah, a tabaxi, and I enjoyed her. She had a much different personality than uh, Kalila does, but I I only got to play like four sessions, 
And it, I didn't even get to start her from scratch. I think we like instantly leveled her to like level three and then it was five or set. Like, yeah, you get the idea. Like I really didn't get the true experience of playing a hunter, but I really enjoyed the taste that it left for, for me. So going into this campaign, I was like, okay, maybe I'll remake a hunter and I'll remake the cat because I'm comfortable and familiar with it. And the reason why I went with the familiarity route is because since I kind of was co-GM to this, like it was a lot lighter and I stepped in much heavier as the campaign went on and it got more in depth. Um, but originally I created, I wanted to create a character that for lack of a better terms was a back burner character. I didn't want her to be in the limelight. I didn't want her to be loud. I didn't want to be the party leader considering I'm good about not metagaming. I try, but I'm human, and there if there was a chance to, to, to F it up, doing so as a, a loud leader character is the best way to do it, right? So I was trying to avoid that. So Kalila came out with the almost no concept of her personality, but I had at least the archetype and not to be loud, and slowly but surely, some, some of my like sarcastic snark came out and... I stumbled into the Kalila that we know being bright, being curious, being rude and awkward in situations. And I played up the, what's the word? What's, what's, what's a good word? The Yeah, that word. How do you say it? Naivety? Naivety. I can't say it. that. That word messes me up. The naivety of, of her and the curiosity of her. So that's how she kind of came about. I, I wanted a taste of a hunter again and sarcasm. Hunters, they taste like coffee, right? Yes! They taste like coffee. Can confirm. So we should all hunt down uh, hunters when we need coffee, right? Oh god, no! I don't drink coffee. Alright, I'm safe with the Englishman. <laughs> yep. Uh, so... Defibulous. Um, originally, I have a strong dislike for gnomes. <laughs> Um, stemming from everyone's like, oh, gnomes are amazing! And then hearing it on World of Warcraft that gnomes are amazing, I got tired of gnomes very quickly. And I was thinking um, since Dan was uh, telling me about some of the classes in Pathfinder since I have little experience with it, he's like, you can play Gunslinger. And I'm like, someone that shoots people. I like this. And I was thinking uh, maybe I'll go Dwarf with a gun. I like that idea. And Dan here just is like, how about you try a gnome? Which made me kind of cock my head at him sideways, like, what? And yeah, I thought about it for a while and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try something really different. I'm going to try a gnome. Something less grumpy, very upbeat, and very much not something I play normally. And Defibulous just kind of happened. I wasn't quite sure where I was going with his personality or anything and just started cobbling various things together and ended up with a slightly explosive Bernie Down Bar type character. I love him so much. He's a little light in the darkness that makes things explode. Yeah, explode, burst into flames and yeah, all of his little weird quirks and sayings, those were just totally randomly thrown together on the spot. 
And then you put in a curious, a cu overly curious cat. Who yeah, also was, blows up things. <laughs> very, very doesn't mind the loud noise explosions. And then they both sit there, you know, afterwards. I think we need more gunpowder next time. As Kalil is then thinking about how she's going to get in, in trouble with the paladin. Yep. Did you guys blow something up? No. What's that crater? A hole in the ground. <laughs> it's a crater. How to get there? I don't know. Zone of truth. Say that again. <laughs> what you got there? A smoothie? <laughs> what kind of smoothie? An explosive one? Oh, wait. That oh. would be a defibulous line. <laughs> no, it just tastes peppery. What's on your hand? Smoothie. What type? The explosive type. Are you trying to hide it? Hide what? <laughs> hide what? I'm not hiding anything. As he just casually pitches it behind him and blows something else up behind him? Yes. That or Kalal is just uncorking the, the, the Everflow water skin and just washing his hands, saying nothing. So pretty much everybody went outside their comfort zone. Is, 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 the, is what I'm gathering gathering here yeah oh yeah yeah i think so um including me i usually play a healing archetype and this is not Faye is not a healer so this is different for me and as for how i created her well the lovely gm handed me a set of stats and feats <laughs> and it was up to me to cobble together a backstory um uh, I actually took some inspiration from my aunt on that one. Um, I don't know if it'll ever come out in the game or not, but I thought I'd put that there. Yeah, we almost ended up with two paladins. Very different paladins, but two paladins. You know, in an alternate universe, I would love to see that game. <laughs> yeah, but I like how you both are playing your, like, normals. Like, he's used to playing a rogue, and he's playing a paladin, which is kind of close to a healer. Yeah, we've done a total swap. Yeah. The, the irony. I know, right? Okay, so... Uh, Space Freighter 1, whose Twitter handle is at Freighter 1, is asking, how do you feel about the new Dune movie if you've seen it? And how do you... What kind of hopes do you have if you haven't? Um, I saw it last night, so let's, let's separate who has seen it and who hasn't seen it. Haven't. haven't. I have not either. Do you want me have to go not. first again? I, I've seen yeah. the, uh, I've seen the original, but that was yeah, same. years uh, ago. Yeah, I've seen the original and I've seen the first remake. So my my uh, hopes for this is obviously the CGI is better, is better. So I actually can't wait to see the sandworm, <laughs> sandworm. Uh, but uh, that's kind of my biggest hope and see how everything plays out in um, terms for them, and how they are choosing to remake some of the facts if they're taking more true to things or not. Anybody else have any hopes? I don't know. I, I haven't seen a movie in a while, so... I don't know. Remakes are always always have made me nervous because you don't know how good or bad someone's going to do or how true to it they're going to be. So, if I see it, it'd probably be when it hits like Netflix or Hulu, and I, I just kind of keep my opinions open as much as I can when I see it. Did you have any thoughts on that one, Ethan? I mean, I've seen the original... I haven't read the books. Um, yeah, maybe as I, I see the new one, I hope it, maybe it makes a little more sense than the original one did, but I was also pretty young when I saw the original. Um, 
I'll probably wait for it to come out like Dan says on Netflix or something and maybe check it out then if I remember I have to wave the nerd flag of shame and and, <laughs> and admit that I've never seen or read any Dune but I have a lot of friends that have and they talk about it and I want to see it and I haven't and I have no excuse so I'm gonna go hang my head now yes <laughs> Okay, so shame. Yes, it is a code. I've been hiding this secret for years. Years. Does it feel better to have it off your chest? No. Oh, no. I'll find a copy of it and we'll watch the old one. I, I mean, come on. I love Stargate and Star Trek and Star Wars. and Wow, that's a lot of stars. You get the point. Just put Star in front of Dune and you'll watch it. Stardune! Stardune! Yeah, that, that's how it makes it happen, right? I, I've seen other great nerd things, I just never seen Dune. I don't know, guys, can we forgive her for this? I guess. Maybe. I I'll think I'm obligated bribe you with cookies to. and chocolate. Yeah, you're obligated. I'm, I'm married to you. <laughs> but the rest of you, I will bribe you with, with cookies. Um, can I just trade that the cookie in for some homemade salsa? Yes. Actually, I ha I'm going to be prepping salsa tonight. Oh, thanks for telling me that. Well, I'm too far away to get any of this. Thanks. <laughs> It's okay, I will teach her how to can it, and she'll be able to send it to you. That's just easier to walk down there, I think. Okay, anyway, salsa plans aside, um, I did see the old one, and I did see the new one, and I have read the books. So, without putting any spoilers out there, the CGI is actually pretty well handled. Um, I really appreciate the presentation of spice being everywhere. Nice. Um, it's, it's really good. The sandworms are well done. They're believable. Um, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. We rented it on Amazon, and it was really good. I'm looking forward to the next one. Nice. Um, guys, she just put us all to shame because none of she's got she's read the books and everything. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Look, if there was a book for it, I probably already read it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> she is a wordaholic. I do that speed read thing, that whole page absorption method. It's just, I, I can't not get through a book quickly. And it was difficult for the librarians to keep up with me in school. So they ended up putting me further and further ahead. And if it's a book and it's nerdy, there's a high chance I've read it. Nice. Okay, so the next question is from Roll Call. And their handle is at Roll, R-O-L-E, underscore, call, Numeral 2, numeral 0. Roll call 20. So the question is, did anyone in the cast or crew expect this to take off? How are they feeling about the success? Shocked? Scared? Pumped on life? Alright, um, I kind of feel like it's appropriate for Dan to go first, yeah. but Clyde, you can take it away. Haha! <laughs> um, I did not expect us to get as far as fast as we did. I expected it to take a lot longer for us to hit um, the numbers the, we're at. The numbers we're at. Um, and it's mostly just because I, I it was just I kind of came into this blind. Like I, I have a degree in audio. I have a degree in theater. I understand the production part of it. I had never marketed anything besides myself, and I always did it in the uh, going to parties and making connections while working. 
learning Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff is was ridiculous. And at the time of this recording, we're at 4,000 downloads. 4,020 downloads, I'm sorry. Woo! Um, so it's the, the, the metrics are fantastic so far, you guys. Yeah, like, it just dumbfounds me. Just the... the because of the pandemic, there were a lot of people producing a lot of quality podcasts. And I said it on myself. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more old school radio style. I wanted a lot of music. I wanted that ambient. I wanted the sound effects. I wanted to make it like a movie for your ears. Like that, that was my goal. And because of everyone's like backgrounds and everything it, i felt like well background when it comes to gaming i felt like i had a solid team so when i started seeing these numbers climb i was just flabbergasted like the first time that we hit like i think we hit a thousand downloads at one point and i was just like what the heck like i did not expect this so i'm super excited i'm a little overworked it on myself because i was taking everything upon myself and then i started to kind of get extra help here and there but i was super pumped and i'm still super happy like i come home from work and if i have some type of time i try to work on this project so it's job number two just just yeah. just be honest it's job number two <laughs> well like my dad used to say it's not a job if you're enjoying it yeah, yeah <laughs> shut up you got told okay okay that's a good one wow you got told Well, we're definitely appreciating the labor of love. I've listened to a lot of the finished episodes, and they, they sound fantastic. It's well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Someone else helped her now. Okay, I'll go ahead. Did I think this was going to take off? Um, I wasn't sure. Be, be honest. Be honest. You no, can I, say no. No, I wasn't sure, honestly. I mean, I've had people say I should, I should try it with miniatures. I just don't think I have the personality for it. But we have a really good group, and we're having a lot of fun. So I was pretty optimistic that hopefully it would. I wasn't going to be, you know, crushed if we didn't. But we're having fun. That's what mattered to me. Um, it's floored me as time has gone on that like, like how many people have downloaded this. I've got friends that they ask what I do on every other Sunday. I'm like, I've got a podcast I'm a part of, and they've checked it out. And then all of a sudden they're coming back to me going. When's your next episode? I'm like, you'll have to follow the site because I just participate in this in the madness here. I don't direct it. I don't do scheduling. I'm not scheduling. This is not my chaos. I don't control it. I just participate. Do I, I look like a secretary? I'm the gnome. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if you really want me to blow it up I can, or set it on fire, I could probably accommodate you. So you want me to ruin your schedule? <laughs> How many? How big of a crater would you like me to that schedule to leave, huh? Look, man, the only numbers I want is how big you want this crater. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> or the uh, estimated property damage of setting the bar on fire. As Kalila's in the background going, you said hit these two rocks together. Yes. But no, I I've really been surprised. Um, it just it amazes me every time we get an update on like how many you know what our downloads are at and it's like you know it really surprises me and it makes me happy that other people are enjoying it and having fun 
And yeah. Someone right, else take over. <laughs> Someone else take over. I'm going to keep rambling. I was going to say, even or odd, Clyde. Uh, odd. I wasn't ready. I was going to have Pixie roll a die. I got a four on die. Oh, balls. That's me. All right. Um, What was the question again? Oh, was I shocked, scared, or pumped and taking off? Okay, so, I mean, being co-creator and being behind the scenes and building this and mind mapping, I, of course, I was always hopeful. I, I was always hopeful. And I, Dan and I very much believe in the whole, you, what you put in the universe will come back. So I've never doubted it ever, ever. It will always succeed. And I will never question that, but I am absolutely astonished at the pace that it's going, the numbers that we've hit and the times that we have hit it, the, the wonderful people that we have made friends with along the way. And yeah, social media is, is hard. Please, guys, love and support us. We don't know what we're doing with the social media. Just, just whore us out on your own accord, please. Blow it up. Or blow it up, like howevs, whatevs. Whatevs. Okay, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. There's a certain kind of blow up that you don't want to do on the internet, okay? <laughs> well, now. Something, something, um, something. Bondage yeah. bunnies. Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> and suddenly, our rating just went way down south. Or it could have gone up, actually. uh, That's true. I mean, this is an Invader Zim moment. Worse or better? (laughs) Uh, So I guess my response is I was always hopeful. I have great confidence in Dan and Janet and in their support for each other and backing each other in what they do. So I was kind of always um, hopeful. I didn't realize it was going to be so popular so fast. Which is pretty great in my book. Cool. I mean, I kind of always knew you guys could do it. The speed with which you did it surprised me, but I knew y'all all had the skills and the abilities to do it. And I'm really happy to have seen y'all succeed. When did we, how much of a backlog did we create before we actually launched this? Like we started around your birthday, which was in September. So originally we were doing every other week, four hours and I was trying for I was basically just trying to make episodes at that point stockpile um, stockpile and then once we kind of got into a rhythm um, we were releasing every other week once I had I think one I, I made yeah, a decision and then I messed of, it up that's yeah. <laughs> alright um, we love you for it uh, once I had I think once I said I had 20 in the bag I wanted to switch over to weekly no, I think there was more than that because you and I had a lot of numbers back and forth. Like, there's always the debate of yeah. pushing it, and then I'm like, "But I'm a dragon, and I want to hoard things and and hoard the episodes more." But what was it? We 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 were at least recording and making it for like what three or four months before yeah, like we, we actually had... released. Like, went all right, we're launching. Well, we had we got through the first handful of recordings, and then I went. I want to release on. January 1st there was the debate on like is that something we want to do and I'm like I can do it and believe yeah and then it was the I will release every other week which gives me time to get editing done which because I was still working at the same time and uh, I was very avid about 1121 was the launch date and uh we pulled it off and now I just 
finished 76 and we released 30 something so we've got like 30 in the can yeah 30 to 40 so we, we've recorded we like a total yeah we've recorded a total of 76 episodes and what is officially launched if you're not on our patreon is like 30 something uh at 39 I think having that um, that padding kind of helped y'all feel a little more mentally prepared to do everything else, didn't it? It also gave us the buffer of if life happened, that it wasn't a people feeling bad for having to cancel, right? Like, one, you feel bad because it's your friends, it's games, it's fun. Like, podcast aside, doesn't matter. We're still sitting down around a table enjoying a game and each other's company. You don't want to ever cancel on that. Like, you know, more or less the pod side, podcast side of it. So it gave us a nice buffer to allow life happening. Well, so we also had that mantra to begin with of we wanted to make it to where if life, life happens. comes first. We, we have this mantra of life comes first because the one thing I've noticed, and I see it a lot on Twitter, is people talking about how their games, when they're just starting to get good, crash. And that's because no one can make time and stuff like yeah. that. And it's the a hiccup happens, and it's a pretty big boulder. Yeah, but we can get so. pa- we can get through it. We can get past it. We're here for one another. Life yeah, comes considering first. the boulder that I have right now. Yeah, you got mountains thrown in front of you, but you know what? We got pickaxes, and we's gonna tunnel a way through it. I mean, the gnome's already an expert at explosives, so. right? Yeah, we have a, a charge setter and a demolitionist. Woo! All right, so, uh, speaking of life happening, what is the most embarrassing in-game moment for your character? That's the next question from Anthony, the librarian PC, who, uh, their handle is at librarian NPC, which is spelled L-I-B-R-A-R-I-A-N-P-C, which is actually one of the coolest handles I've seen in a long time, so... (laughs) (laughs) It, no, it is, dude. <laughs> All right, so what is the most embarrassing in-game moment for your character? What 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 was their life happens moment? Well, I think, well, close enough so far is when Dan w- started referring to me, like, as the paladin who wanted to tie people up. I was like, oh, God, how do I go from this? <laughs> like, what do I do from this moment on since <laughs> the, the, the DM just basically just told everybody that, hey, this is a paladin. He ties people up and hugs them. Hmm. I mean, you really kind of do. There, there's literally recorded evidence. I mean, dude, just lean into it. But, but that's what I mean. That's embarrassing. I was like, oh god, oh, oh my god. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good one. I, my brain immediately. It's not my character, but for your character, is the. Uh, the jello tree. The jello tree. The. Uh, but, yep. but I mean, both of those things happened in the Curse Swamp. A lot happened in the Curse Swamp. Oh my god, the Curse Swamp. It's so cursed, am I right? I don't know. More. <laughs> He's at a point it's not. I'm trying to think of, like, an embarrassing moment for Kalila. Like, I don't know if there's an embarrassing moment for her. I'm, I'm trying to think about that one. If not, I'm going to come up with something else that's just as good. All right, so what, what about our, our GM here? Has he embarrassed himself as a GM or an NPC? Has an NPC done something dumb? 
Yeah, it um, still counts. As of right now, because the episode hasn't released, I have to say the most embarrassing thing was creating the character Baka Baklava because it was a typo and I misread it. <laughs> and it just kind of went from I was like, is there. that Baklava? Okay, yes, but I mean, protect Fancy Man. That, that's the best character now. Well, yeah, like, so Baka Baklava, even during the, the mind mapping, he was a Fancy Man. Like, I... And I, and I use gen name generators a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if it is not an NPC that I'm going to be doing for the entire campaign, I go to a, a a name generator. And I went to a pork name generator, and it came up with this thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. I wrote it down, and I was like, all right, this is how it says. But right when I said it, it was Baka, and I went, wait, that's not how it's spelled. Crap. So. And then if you translate it, that that's the thing is you had people, not only did they speak Japanese on the team, so Baka, if you if nobody knows, our listener means idiot. Idiot. Idiot in Japanese, um, depending on, on context and how aggressively you say it or not, can mean much worse. And then what? Uh, baklava is dessert. So we have idiot dessert fancy man orc. Yeah. And I think Baklava just was one of those things of I just kind of leaned into the joke at that point. And I was just like, all right, he's getting the last name. There was no hope for you. And unfortunately, once a character gets to a certain point, they kind of embed themselves in our lore. So Baka Baklava is probably going to be something we're probably going to see more of. Yeah. He's oh, I hope drawn. so. I hope so. And then, of course, there's the, there's the, the tried and true. Sometimes you can't remember a character's name, voice. Yeah. Oh God, yes. Yeah, the times where you're like, that's not this character. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I just can't do voices. I, I love voices. I I, I I live for them. Yeah. It's really bad, and I think Dan can agree too. It's like when you get that one voice that everyone in the group absolutely loves that voice, but it's murder on you. It's murder on you every time you have to do it. Yeah, the rattling is murder on him. Like at the end of the episodes, right. if it is a, a, a rat scholar heavy episode, he he comes out of it sounding like this when he's done. Yeah. Oh no. I I know that pain. I did that with a dwarf in one of my games I was DMing, and every time the players had a, ch a chance to get that dwarf to talk, they would take it. You do good voices. Yeah, but I start sounding like this by the time I'm done. Oh yes, you do. Yeah. I was no, like, was... Go, go ahead. No, no, no! You beat me to it. I was going to say, yeah, it, it's a, it's definitely a uh, kill your voice type thing, but the embarrassing thing DeFabulous has done. There's a list. Is there? A slight <laughs> one. You know, burning down his, uh, his, uh, his uh, family friend or his grandfather's uh, corner of his bar himself. There's the leech-infested water incident. The hallucinations were wonderful. They were. I really, I was, I mean, I was like, ah, I feel so stupid. I just walked into that, and then it's like, wow, this is actually really fun. But still, damn it, how did I walk into this? I know better. Oh, that triggered a memory as to I know her most embarrassing moment. But continue. Uh, and sometimes it's like it gets kind of hard because it's like, you know, I've been DM for gaming for years so myself, so I'm like. Can't metagame this? Okay, so I did something stupid. Oh, damn it. Um, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say the leeches and, you know, the bar, 
Definitely the bar. Although I think I talked my way out of it pretty well. Um, Clyde talked his way out of it. Well, <laughs> Defibulous started it and then Clyde ended it. I think we, yeah, because we agreed that like we would we would send people from the Holy City there, like other agents there to, hey, they'll help, we'll bring business, and then we'll get the Holy City to pay for all the stuff I've burned down. It's free renovation. Boom. At least I didn't blow up the bar. You're creating jobs. There you, there, there you go. Somebody's got to build that back. Somebody's got to pay him to build it back. And hey, maybe he can order a bunch of new fancy tables from Narrow Cloud. There you go. Uh, didn't I don't think that works that way, though. <laughs> but yeah, the leech is as bad as it was. That was embarrassing. The bar was like, oh, God, this is my character's, like, quote-unquote grandfather and best friend of, the, of his family, and I just burned his bar. Yep. Um, surprisingly, I haven't blown my gun up in my hands yet, which would I think would be an incredibly embarrassing act and probably fairly destructive at the same time. Especially if it's a wild shot. <laughs> and Dan's just sitting there going... His hopes and dreams. <laughs> Dan's just sitting there going, yes, blow your gun up. I want to see this. Blow it up. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now for this, this made me think of, of Kalila's probably most embarrassing moment was the... Uh, the child that Clyde saved her from that, that one that was like, I'm an innocent crying child. And Kalila's like, let me hug you. It just almost walked into, you know, being eaten by a demon. That's fine. Hey, demons need hugs too. Clyde, you need to get on this, sir. (laughs) He does Uh, hug them with his sword. I I hug them with my, with my armor to, you know, hold them down so nobody else can touch them. Oh no, you don't hug them with your armor. You hold them down with a shield on their neck repeatedly. Or decapitate them. You've done that before. I mean, is it really so bad if they're into it? I mean, if there was consent. Did you get consent from these these people before you decapitated and or pinned them? Can I take an arrow shot to the chest as consent? I'll have to get back to you on that. (laughs) Is that everybody? Yep. Alright. I think the most embarrassing thing for Faye is that she got snuck up on, but I think, I think, no, that that first one, she got caught red-handed in the library, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure no matter what I would have rolled, she was going to get snuck up on for story purposes. No. Still. No, I don't railroad you guys. I, I legitimately will roll on my end. We blow up railroads. Nope. Whatever happened, I don't mind. It made for good story. That's the important part. So, moving on. Everything is a mimic. At everything mimic, that's their Twitter handle, wants to know where Nightland's inspiration for her character came from. They get really heavy SNES vibes, like Secrets of Mana or Illusions of Gaia. Good games. For the group, how did you all come together to play games, and when did it become apparent that you'd like to run an actual play podcast? So, Nightland, where was the inspiration from your character from? Okay, well, I did cover that, uh, I think it was, like, the second question in where I was inspired by the character that I had made in uh, Keith's game originally, but I only had, like, 
four sessions at varying levels at each time I came in there. I had to relearn my character and her sheet and everything and new abilities. So I wanted to re remake a hunter. Um, but a again, I wanted to kind of make her a, a back burner character and not have the limelight and let either Ethan or Clyde take the rails and, and more be the leading direction person of, of how and where the campaign was going. So I didn't influence the metagaming. Um, but I, I, I've heard of those games. I, I don't. They're I've good games. Played, I, I figured. I figured. So I'm going to have to like go do some digging and some like watching some uh, Let's Plays to, to see those games so I can understand the vibes that you throw in my way because I'm really curious about that now. Um, and I'll just go ahead and tackle a little bit on, on my part with the how did the group come together? Um, well, I've known Ethan since I was like 12 and role played with him from the great days of battle.net on the original D1, oh, D2, God. and StarCraft. Uh, Thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> hey, I'm just as old. I'm aging myself here. Um, You're just as old? Shut up. You're the one who's now made it. No, 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 no. Quit walking me down dark tunnels. <laughs> uh, but I've been RPing and, and he's been a lifelong friend. So I was like, hey, if we're ever going to do And he lived with us for a while. So, you know, we've, we've been gaming for quite a long time. So throwing together a remote tabletop is, is just instinctual invite Ethan. Um, and then with Clyde, I've known him since college. We've been friends. I clearly played in his game and I was like, let's play a game together. I'm not running it. Dan is and made make them be friends. <laughs> make them be friends. And make them be friends. And and uh as far as the podcast part, I had absolutely nothing to do with that other than encouraging Dan. He he can answer that part. Made us be friends, pulled a knife like you will be friends. Yep. Let's see here. Ethan, I have Ethan is the one I've known the least amount, and that was when you lived in a different no no, yeah, in a different state. Mm -hmm. uh, Nightland I've known since I think two thousand five. Mm, yeah, I was I Maybe was up in that other state. No no no, not four. Uh, it, it was five or later. Okay, I think it's two thousand five because that was three years into me being in college. Yeah, I hadn't left the uh, prior state. I left the prior state in 04, so it was in 05 that I got to know you. Yeah, okay. And then Dan, I met when you were in PA at a different point as well. When yeah. I was doing travel therapy. I remember that, yes. So we pretty much all got to know each other because I knew all of you guys. Yep. Blame but her. It was, yeah, I, I, I gathered the group. Dan came up with the podcast gamey thought thing of it. Exactly. Also, Dan's bizarrely quiet, so... I'm trying to avoid the question. Oh, you're um, trying to avoid the question? Yeah. Alright, that's fine. So, so... Oh. I actually... Before I got this group together, I actually had the idea of wanting to start a podcast. Um, I was working at an event company and a couple of the guys that I knew there got me hooked on the adventure zone and I was listening to it and I'm like, Oh, this looks like fun or this sounds like fun. It's literally just playing tabletop, recording it and putting cool sounds to it. I could do that. So little did you know then? Yeah. 
Um, I was so young and naive back in 2000. Um, but, uh, so I, I got a job somewhere else and I still wanted to do the podcast and I was still, you know, mulling together the, the story. Like I, once I went, you know what, I want to do this. I started writing this story. So this story's literally been a year or something in the making. And, um, once I kind of got things situated, I started talking to different people. I knew that Ethan and Nightland were both going to be in it, like from the get go. Um, and I wanted to find at that point a third because D and D with two people is not fun. It is. It is not for a podcast. D and D with yeah. two people it can be doable and can be very fun. Not for a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. So. I started looking for a third, and uh, Keith was brought up in conversation at some point, and I reached out, and he was like, yeah, sure. Let's, we, we're going to just have to plan this. Uh, and yep. then um, Keith was having some issues, and we didn't know if he was going to stick around, and I reached out to Pixie and went, hey, you know, we might be losing our third. Do you want to join? Because I looked at it as if Keith stays, that's great. Then we have a four-player team, and then it'll be more interesting because now there's this person who's coming in halfway through the campaign that knows nothing of the chaos. And uh, it just, it worked out. Which also, since uh, uh, I think I forgot to answer how we know everybody, I Pixie's my childhood friend from, like, the age of 11. I lived next to her. Yeah, we, we lived in the same neighborhood <clears throat> in middle school, and... We just never lost touch. I mean, there were, like, year-long periods where we barely talked, but it's just one of those friendships that, you know, you don't see each other for three years, and then you call each other, and the next thing, you're still inseparable joined at the hip. So, um, I, I, yeah, constant, (laughs) a constant source of joy in my life. So, yeah, Nyland kind of explained how I met. I mean, I met Dan through her. Faye threw her. Keith threw her. So yeah, it's her fault. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, 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 I, 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 yeah, I got none. <laughs> this is all you're doing then. Somehow. There you go, internet. Blame Nightland. <laughs> and I have to do all the work. Yeah, actually. Yep. All right, speaking of work, the Adventurer's Vault podcast and their Twitter, ha- Twitter handle. Blah, blah. I'm sorry, she gave me nerds and now my tongue is all twisted. <laughs> the Adventurer's Vault podcast at TAD Vault is their Twitter handle. They want to know what are some challenges of running for a recorded game that surprised you compared to non recorded games? Scheduling. 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 And all the editing. And finding music. And figuring I mean, out where to post the thing. I say that's a big uh, Dan and Nyland question. Honestly. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. Um, the challenges of running a recorded game. Uh, my ADHD and my distractibility. Uh, it was was quite a big one. I don't say scheduling really wasn't a problem for me because I have no life and don't do anything at the moment. Um, <laughs> You're the easy one. Wins game whenever we want. Okay. Done. Um, actually, Agreed. Uh, the biggest, actually, the biggest thing for me is, I generally don't like 
I guess the the idea of like I don't think about it during game because you know I'm focusing on game. The idea of actually having other people listen to this originally was very kind of like I don't know about this because I don't even like being in front up in front of people talking in general. And, and now, now you're recording for millions to listen to. I had the same same problem forever. Yeah, everyone is listening to everything. Okay, yeah, no, that's not true. I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. You I'm are. Gonna be, I'm gonna be quiet now. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> but no, that that was like the biggest thing for me is like, because um, I don't even like the sound of my own voice being recorded. I've heard my voice; it doesn't sound like me. Yeah, but, no, I hate the sound of my recorded voice. Yeah, but you know, as time has gone on, I've gotten more used to it, and you know, I don't mind the fact that there are millions of people listening to me. And I'm sorry if my voice annoys you. Deal with it. I love it. But also, I think one of the bigger challenges, aside from like scheduling, getting over the brain hurdle of, oh God, oh God, we're all going to die. Everyone's listening to us, uh, was probably the uh, quality, getting quality, needing better mics, needing better sound recording things and backups. Like the one time where we lost, what was it, episode eight? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, Oh like, no! We we legitimately, I think it's episode eight. There, uh, we learned. Give me we a learned. Sec. I can actually pull it up. Let me find it. We legitimately lost an entire hour, gone. Like no way to recover it, and it was past the like whatever days. Episode that the, eight. Yeah, that was a lesson learned. Um, which and is we've funny had a because. Which is funny because. Episode 8 was Curse the Swamp, which is uh, when you guys first entered the swamp. See, the swamp it screwed was. up the sound sound problems. You know what? That swamp really was cursed, okay? <laughs> <sighs> so, technicalities, we, we learned have backups, make sure you download crap. Um, I already knew about holding true to naming conventions, and, and Dan learned the hard truth about that, and I, I bring that up because I, you know, gaming industry and, and learning how to appropriately name and title things so you can find them is very important. I just use numbers. Say, so tell us how you feel about this. Tell us how you really feel. Something, something, something. Words are the bane of my existence. Yay, words. So, more words? I thought mathing was. That too! I mean, I know for me it's a 30-minute drive over here to record in person because I have four loud wonderful, awful little kids. <laughs> and I, I would not be able to record in peace over there. So I come over here. So um, part of the interesting things here have been learning the mic setups and discovering that uh, the jack on my laptop is faulty, so I can't even use an inline mic. I'm speaking to open air right now <laughs> to you guys. So <laughs> those have been some of my challenges to get here to be part of this, but um, I think it's worth it, and hopefully I'll, I can upgrade my equipment here in a while. Just think, and soon in a few years, they'll be listening to these episodes and they'll come across this and they'll be like, what the hell? And you know what? They can. I don't care. I don't hide anything from them. Yeah, the, yeah. They, they know how I feel about them. They're awful, horrible little angels. <laughs> okay, so Space Castle and their Twitter handle is at Space Castle Pod. They want, they have a handful of questions. 
What is the first create first character everyone created? Do you still roll them out sometimes, or are they completely retired? Oh man, I'll take I this one. I don't. Go for it. My my very first character was a bruja in vampire that was handed to me, and I was told how to play because they were down a character. And mind you, this was my sister, and at the time we were oh. warring like hellhounds. Um, and that's how I befriended Pixie's husband. <laughs> oh yeah, they knew each other back then too. <laughs> I have an I have a network apparently. Uh, no, I don't. I don't even remember that character or its name. Or I just remembered being handed a sheet, a d twenty, and didn't understand jack crap. Um, but I, I, I do and have made other characters that I have well beloved like one of my first star wars characters was mina and that's a very long rant and i have re-rolled her three times remade her from the ground up twice and i have been banned from ever making her again i was forced to retire her against my will I'll let you write up an article for our uh, Patreon on her <laughs> about mina so you know i know another dm who would let you bring her out you don't want her do it. Do it. Um, First character ever. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no. Um, so my very first character was a drow rogue that I did not name because I was too lazy. And he became so beloved by so many different GMs, I had to re-roll and bring him out until I started gaming with like one of my old uh, friends who was a lifelong GM who literally made it to where Rogue was the only character I was allowed to play. Rogue basically got cursed, blessed with Im immortality, and, uh, yeah. I finally got to retire him after, I think, ten years of playing him. It was ridiculous. So my first, uh, character was, uh, a scorpion in, uh, well, I, um, actually, a scorpion clan person in L5R. Why am I not surprised that it was an L5R game? I was about to say, I'm, why aren't you surprised it's a scorpion? I was squealing. I mean, that's what I meant to say, is that I'm not surprised that it was a scorpion. Sorry, yeah. Man. So, scorpion and um, in L5R, and I was, it was very easy for me to assimilate into that because it was, I became the duelist in the um, party because it was just combat, because I didn't know anything about anything else, about social status and stuff like that. Dude, L5R is vicious when you yeah. get into the social standings and stuff like that. Like, yeah, okay, magic and, and swords and, and fine. Man, that's dope. Mm. Yep, that's why I became the duelist and was able to tag like anybody on any D10 roll. I played a crab. No surprise there nice. either. So you're <laughs> feeling a little crabby about it? And a phoenix. I played. I made two characters in that game. Uh, my very first character was a cleric thief set in the Dragonlance campaign setting during the War of the Lance. Uh, very particularly odd dwarf, you know, mountain dwarf, serious and stern, raised by kinders, you know, carefree and constantly wandering and borrowing things. Um, very first character ever, honestly. Um... He is permanently retired. I don't bring him out anymore because out of respect for the two players in the, in the group that passed away years ago. 
Um, I still take out his character sheet and go over it and sit there wondering. For first of all, God, my writing has really gotten bad. I can't read my own writing. And two, it's just it's nice, you know, just to take, you know, take it out, look at it, and remember the good times. Uh, I forgot to say, yeah, my character has has been completely retired. I have not played L5R since then. I, I want to find somebody who actually knows how to run an L5R game because nobody knows what L5R is. Which I, I will state that now. It is, it, yeah, Legends of the Five Rings. Oh, what? Yeah. I can't. I have tried to read those books. It is too much. I mean, I have the books and everything. I know how to. Play. Oh yeah, I know how to play it. Okay, so Space Castle at Space Castle Pod also wants to know what's Nightland's process like. What's her medium of choice for art? Yes, <laughs> I will elaborate beyond that, but uh, uh, specifically for I'm guessing just my art in general, I like to sketch things in a sketchbook. There's something about pencil and paper that I'm addicted to because I originally was a graphite artist, just just pencil and, and charcoal and eventually dove into weird things like batiking, and then I went into uh, game design specifically for art, so I know how to like pick something. Um, but lately it's been acrylic. I really enjoy the acrylic painting. I've been expanding my techniques on that and, and the depths and bringing back my love for fantasy or digital art. Either way, both of those start with a sketch pencil and paper until I like it. If it goes digital, I just throw a photo, take a photo of it, throw it into Photoshop and go from, go from there. I, I don't like actually sketching if it were in Photoshop from, from nothing. Uh, but I will happily pick up a paintbrush and do it from nothing or from sketch. So I think that answers my process. I don't know what kind of depth you want on that answer. But and I have I, a Patreon for that. Would you like to go ahead and plug your stuff now? Oh, I guess I could plug my stuff. Yeah, pretty much anything that's at Nightland. Um, Patreon, at Nightland. I have a Facebook that's Nightland. I have an Instagram that's Nightland underscore art. I, find Nightland and it's me. Uh, and the spell is N-Y-T-L-I-N. She actually does follow us on uh, Twitter. So if you guys want to find her on Twitter, it's at Nightlin. Right? It's at Nightlin or is it yep. at Nightlin Art? Nope, it's Nightlin. Mm -hmm. uh, and she has all of her stuff there too. Uh, on our website, we have a link to her Twitter account. Not her Twitter account, her Twitch account. Um, yeah, I have Twitch. If you're not, you probably are aware if you found what the dice you might or might not be aware that uh i do live stream my art on uh twitch and once the holidays are over and some mountains are chopped down we will return most likely to doing uh live sessions of our of, of what the dice but at the moment that's temporarily paused for the holidays so the third question from space castle is what's your first step when creating a homebrew campaign world? Think of stuff that translate well to a campaign, draw reference from stuff you love, or just start writing down ideas. This sounds like one for, for Dan, mm -hmm. the, the fantastic GM. So, uh, I actually, this is the weirdest thing. When I start homebrewing, my design is actually starting with the villain. I come up with who is my big bad villain and why are they doing what they do for this campaign um 
if you've gotten this far in the series, you'll know about the Bone God. And the Bone God, when he was originally designed, is nothing like he is now. Um, he has... The character design has evolved to meet the world that was created around him. So I start with the, the, the big bad villain, and then I go, how big is the world? What does the world look like? What is the... Like, I start to build my lore kind of backwards. Like, what are the big... How many big cities are there? What kind of races are there? And I go that way. And then I pull inspirations from video games, TV shows, stuff that has made some kind of impact. This homebrew campaign, I can't actually think of anything that I have directly referenced at this point that has really given an inspiration to this world. This is the first time I've literally created this entire world of Niratova from scratch. Um, like the world name came from Nightland because we were talking about a name for the, the planet and I was telling her, you know, I want something like Terra Nova, like something that what we would actually say. And... <laughs> Dyslexia win! Yeah, her and her spoonerisms, she came up with Niratova. And it worked. Um, some of the stuff, like a murder mystery, I really wanted to do a murder mystery. Like, there were some things that I really just wanted to do. I wanted to do a murder mystery. I wanted to do maybe a train robbery or a, a um, stuff like that. like Something high speed and going and hey, Pathfinder works because it has things like guns. Yeah. So I kind of found more tropes that I really enjoyed. And then I kind of just found stuff that just kind of worked. Like I kind of play off the hip. Like my notebook, my notes for this campaign are an outline I written, I wrote when I first started writing it, which was breaking down the how many arcs are there and what's going to be in those arcs. Like, Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, Soul. Okay, those, here are the items that correlate with those. And that's about the extent of what I wrote down. Past that, I will write down or I'll use a, a character generator or I'll go on to, like, PC Gen and write up the enemies so that the enemies are all unique. And I do have, like, I'll post those on our Patreon when we get to them after we use them and uh those are custom but past that like most of what i do is right off my hip because i feel like it's less likely of a chance for me to try to railroad people because i want to basically give it the characters that the feeling of this is a real world i'm not going to make you go well there's two doors in front of you what do you want to do i'm going to leave that's not an option well with the way i play yeah it's an option you might not like what happens after that, but yeah, it's an option. Suffer your own consequences. Yeah. Like tying everybody together on a rope and somebody having a fear check and running. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I also really try to build the world with the players. So I kind of have a skeleton of the world. And then as the players play it, I fill in gaps that they create and their backstories add a lot to it and stuff like that. Because I'm very much the... Um, I'm against the GM versus player mentality, and I feel like if I'm building this world with them, I need to actually leave 
massive spots for them to develop the world. Even if they don't know they're developing the world, they're developing the world. I think uh, one critical thing to a part of your creative process that you, there's a lot to answer, right? There's so much to pick from, but I think one of the biggest things, and that was one of the stumbles that we came across in the beginning in designing this was uh, you like to develop dungeons for lack of a better word uh, for specific characters. Uh, yeah. You had done that in a lot of prior games. So there would be something that is more paladin heavy in one dungeon or episode, something along those lines. And then the next one might be a little bit more, you know, designed for Kalila, more agility or her acrobatics or puzzly even. And then for like Defibulous, his is like more mechanical and involves stuff that is more important to his character. So you really try and balance. And then of course there's just the group fun, right? But there's always some episodes that are a little heavier on one person or another, which really helps, I feel, round part of your creative process. Yeah. I was going to say, um, having done that a lot of this myself, uh, I tend to lean a lot like towards like how Dan is, you know, except I, I start instead of like designing the world and the important stuff and the framework of it all, I just write a big, big, massive story with a lot of, you know, open ends that can be allowed the players to wander and do silly or incredibly stupid things that some <laughs> some of my players have done. Um, yeah, railroading is bad. I try not to railroad my players unless they just go completely, hey, look, this is the edge of the table. We're going to jump and then run out the door screaming madly down the street. Then I kind of have to, you know, tie a rope to them or to something. Hug them? To hug them? Tie a rope to them to hug them? <laughs> yes, um, tie a rope around them to hug them, 100%. Yes. Um, I, I am definitely very much anti-DM versus players. Um, it, I've had too many DMs like that, or like, so I don't do that. But I just I try to build a game to where it'll be something exciting and new to the players, and that gets really hard as years go on and whatnot. Um, I do get influenced myself by like Dan by like TV books, movies, things like that. And it's like, Hey, that's a cool concept. I tie that into kind of into what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it's all about story and then trying to find out what the players are trying to get out of the game. Are they there for loot? Are they there for combat? Are they there for story? Are they there just to make my life a living hell? Generally? Yes. A living yes, hell part. Are. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun frustrating at times but fun and kudos to anyone who runs a game because you know it takes a lot to run one yeah forever uh co-gm and player i will never 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 be a gm by myself no not for me i need you to run a game for me <gasps> that's gonna get censored yes it is i realized that as i said and i'm like too late i bring out the best in everyone all right so um on that <laughs> speaking of mistakes <laughs> Relic of the Past podcast at Relic of the Past wants to know what's the biggest mistake you have made so far? Not learning Pathfinder better. Yes! Same. We are we are all experienced players in many many other systems and for I, me and Dan at least 
Uh, it's the first time we've ever touched Pathfinder. Uh, Keith, I believe, has. And I don't know if Ethan has. Nope. No, I haven't touched Pathfinder. I just know no. Pathfinder is basically the better version of 3D5. Oh, okay. So you're bringing your, your D&D knowledge into it going here. Let me yes. try and translate. Yes, I am. Okay, so so we're all Pathfinder newbies. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yep. 100%. We are butchering the system. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> it's not butchering, it's homebrewing. Beating with a meat stick, got it. Oh, no, no, we have butchered. Yeah. This yeah, not even properly butchered. We have just butchered, but we're having a hell of a lot of fun doing it. There is a skeleton that has a Pathfinder name tag on it. Don't go looking around in my closet. <laughs> but there might be The biggest mistake. Uh, man, that's... Leaving Delilah and Defibulous alone? <laughs> that oh. might be Clyde. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. What? You walk away to do something else, and all of a something sudden there's an explosion. Up. How do you find your party? Just wait for the explosion. Yeah, fire. I still think we needed more. We needed more gunpowder for that. Yeah, I mean there were still people, quote unquote, alive. Living impaired. Yeah, there there were still people living impaired. Hey Dan, anything else we can blow up for you while we're at it? Give it time. You'll see. Oh no. Murdoch's not making it into port, is it? No, snap. Why do you think you won't let us in the engine room? I, I can't think of a, a big mistake. Like, are we talking for, for character or podcast in general? It just says, what's the biggest mistake you have made so far? So that's kind of open to interpretation there. Thinking I was going to turn this into an animation and I might go back to thinking about a comic. That was my <laughs> mistake. That, 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 that's my answer. All right, if there's no other mistakes, um, Tasty Doom Podcast at mm. Tasty underscore Doom wants to know, in your opinion, who has had the most badass moment in the show? I have to say it's Kalila and Defibulous with uh, blowing up the training camp. We didn't blow it up. We drastically restructured it. Tactically restructured. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. No, that's, that's a good moment. I, I honestly believe, like, you guys really came out of your shelves in that mountain, uh, the, when you guys- With Argaroth the Rogaroth? Yes, Nobody can pronounce his name! Argaroth. So, so I think there just should be a fun little mention of Argaroth the Rogaroth came out because while Dan and I were planning and, and debating and going, how are we setting this scene? How are we making this dungeon? What about X, Y, and Z? I, I, at some point, he just made a bunch of guttural noises, and I ran with it, and I'm like, that's his name. Argaroth. The Rogaroth. Yeah. Argaroth. Argaroth. I loved it. Needs to be a t-shirt. Good luck spelling it. I, well, the one who wrote it, I know how to spell it. <laughs> Are you sure? So just just wrap yeah. it all the way around the shoulder and son of Oh, he gets to have a son now. He is such and such, the son of Argaroth the Ragaroth. <laughs> yep. Yes. He's an orc. I am Garagaroth, son of Gargarar Garagarar. I like how you added a G when there's no G's. Oh yeah. 
the little G. Nice! Okay, there you go. Make note of this. This is for future. Okay, anyway. We're establishing a new villain. Come back from the past. Or will it be the future? (laughs) The passing of the torch. It's totally a trope, and we should take advantage of it later. Something, something, something recursion. Yep, we had Augaroth, now we're gonna have Garagaroth. Son of Oh, and Augaroth. he would have the same name, so it's Garagaroth the Augaroth, and then son of Augaroth the Ragaroth. Yeah. I mean, we did leave a few orcs alive in that place, so yeah, it's feasible. Oh crap, we're giving him ideas. Alright, let's put a hold on that, because there is still another question. Tasty Doom had several questions, and one of them is, if you could put any character from any TV show or movie into the pod, who would it be and why? Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. Or Adventure... Adventure <gasps> that would Adventure. be fun. Just because this this story kind of has that... Grr. <laughs> Hands down. Grr. Yes! Oh god, Grr from Invader Zim. Hands down. Yeah, I agree. When I was reading over these these questions and kind of like prepping my, my head a little bit on them, my, my gut reflex was Deadpool. For no other reason oh than Deadpool. He could fourth wall the entire story. Right? How cool would that be? Yes. Alright, so Gurr from Invader Zim, Finn and Jake from Adventure Time, and Deadpool. What was Ethan's answer? Ethan? I think you pretty much named everyone I would have put into this. Alright, what are second best options? Okay, if it were me, I would just have Sean Bean walking around in the background. Every few episodes, he just kind of shows up in the back doing something inconsequential, so everybody's wondering when he's gonna die. Oh, 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 oh wait, can we have, like, a fun narrator? What's his name? The, the one that does all the animals? David Attenborough? Yeah, David Attenborough. Wait, I now you brought out the... the, the soulness of it. Oh, ha- have Stan Lee cameos. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Dude, I can just hear David Attenborough narrating this campaign already. And here we see a rare gnome. Defibulous. The Defibulous is a very destructive creature, as it tends to blow up level buildings and set fire to bars. Now, you know who needs to be a narrator for this? Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Name, name, my brain's betraying me. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the crocodile... Hunter. Abe Look there! there there's a defibrillator! He, he's explosive! I'm gonna touch him! Morgan Freeman! Morgan Freeman! Oh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> ah, oh my god, yes! Steve Irwin and Morgan Freeman, please. Just see poor defibrillator. Stop it! Stop poking me, damn it! I gotta poke it with a stick. Here we have a real defibrillator. Let's see if we can make him mad. You know, I have a gun. Ooh, I can- him off, mate! Stop poking me! Yep. <laughs> or as our fans love, let's yeet it over the wall and see what happens. We are not <laughs> eating me over a wall. Yeah. No gnome tossing. Oh no, I think I It's agreed. only on Tuesdays. Actually, I think I agreed at some point in one of the episodes you that did. we could try eating Defibulous over a uh, a wall at some point. Well, I mean, if, if Clyde still had his tower shield, we can set you on one end, and then Kalila can jump on the other and have it like a teeter-totter and launch you. That is definitely an idea. You're welcome. I'm just sitting here going, what could possibly go wrong? Wall, into wall, into pikes, into glass, into walls. 
Right? They're and I'm still sitting there going, and I'm still sitting there going, yeah, let's do it. You know what's even better is I have like essentially like what what is it that growing ladder or whatever? Maybe we can get it to like stick to the ground and launch you. That way you can like create a a ladder for us to wherever you land. Oh, that's a that's a cursed idea. Favius, press flap. Anyone see Defabulous? He's kind of sliding down that wall right now. I'm sorry, I'm dying. Alright, so if you were given... This is again from Tasty Doom Podcast. If you were given a cursed item, like the One Ring, what would it be? How would you destroy it? Well, it's silly to assume that I'd want to destroy it. Right? <laughs> bold of you to assume. That's very bold. I mean, have you seen the trouble we caused here? We'll probably just blow it up. I, I run a podcast, and I think I've got a cursed item. You have acquired cursed item. Mad party. Yeah. We're not mad, we're just excitable. Yes. I, I I would need to know what the item is. I can't just create an item and then figure out how to destroy it, but chances are we'd keep it. It would just go in the bag of holding, whether it got used or not. The party has multiple cursed items that you guys are just holding on to. Right? Although that you guys are not allowed to have because of being on the Murdoch, because no weapons. My claws are True. a weapon. This is fantastic. We have unanimously agreed that we are not getting rid of cursed items. That's that's great. Done. <laughs> Unless they're dolls. Oh wait, we have gotten rid of a few. I could have swore we vendored a couple of them because we found out like we couldn't find a decent use for them at all. Yeah, it that seems is true. Like, You're right. We did. We did. Yeah, the cannibal ring and then like something else. But yeah, you guys have a habit of looking at the cursed item, going, "Can I use this to my advantage?" Yes, then I'm keeping it. No. All right, let's get rid of it. I don't remember the cannibal ring. I, I love how you've just pawned them off on someone else because they might be able to use them and you can get money for it. Yep. It's kind of brilliant. And to think it was the Huggable Paladin that was actually leading the uh, negotiations on the sale price. <laughs> yep. I think the only cursed item that I ever wanted to get rid of but then found a really great use for it was a shield of attraction. Someone fires a missile at it, or an arrow, or whatever. Uh, if I take the shield out and put it out in front of me, it just draws that arrow right in. Yeah. Yeah, I put that sucker to use, really. I made the DM bang his head on the table four times that day. That That's a, a good record, four times. Good one. He, he called game after the fourth. He had a migraine, and then he also banged his head on his D4. Ow! Oh, those stupid call traps. Yeah, he's like, guys, we're done for the day. Sorry, I have a headache, and... Made a punctured skull at this point. Ow! Skull head to D four. No thank trauma. you. Head trauma. Now that gave me psychic damage, you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tasty Doom podcast still wants to know if your character could rule over any one thing. What would it be? For example, land to be a lord or a lady, or a specific element or magic. Oh God. Uh Wow, that's kind of complicated, personal, and more character-based. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. Well, I know Clyde's already technically nobility, so he he technically has land. Yeah, he could have taken yep. over an entire city. Yep. We kind of helped burn down. We did not. That was the lava drake. That was not our fault. Uh, we kind of did sit there and watch it burn stuff for a little bit. What? There, there was, like, a, an orc army or go back and fight a lava drake situation going on. We had to debate. I say we should have taken out that drake. We could have done I was it. on your side, too. Blow him up, too. 
We don't need him, and we can't be blamed if he gets set on fire because he is a lava drake. Although we did make him run away because we doused water on the torch. Yeah, we're kind of rude that way. Because, you know, a god was trying to speak to everybody. Yeah, we're kind of rude that way. Right? Just invading your brain space. But something what? that Defibulous would want to rule over? Yeah, I was sitting there going, Kalila has, like, no desire to, to necessarily rule over anything. I mean, she would love to look over a grand forest and make sure it's perfect for hunting in the best of, like, nature -y things. I think I went on a random tangent with this one about how I should have just made a freaking druid. Um, but a, a forest to look af after? I mean, Defibulous now technically owns his family's rifle gun company now, although he doesn't really pay much attention to it. Yeah, but you still have to deal with the, like, leftover uh, widow, so you do and you don't own it. Like, True. we have to off her for you to really own it. Unless, off her like, before she gets me. Yeah, exactly. I'd say, because of, you know, Clyde being a paladin, I think he would like to have rule over, you know, the holy power. But, like, personally, I've always kind of wanted to rule over electricity. Yeah, that's fun. Zappy zaps. Shocking personality. Yes. But no, honestly, I really just, the way Defibulous is, I don't really see him wanting to rule over anything. He just kind of likes his dragon rifle. Yeah, well, he wants to do that, and then he just, in all honesty, he just likes adventuring with his, with the people he's with. The idea of ruling something to him is just kind of like, eh, you want me to do what? And I can't blow it up or burn it? Oh. oh what's the fun in that? Well, we all know the GM rules over our fates, so if he could rule over anything else... It would be nice to not get shocked by uh, static electricity in the winter. No, that's valid. Every every time it starts to get cold, I can't touch anything metal or I get fracking zapped. Yup. Sam's Club. There's something about walking around in Sam's Club that I... Okay. Stuffing shocked out of me. Having worked there, you're very dead on. Like, why? You know, I worked there five years and I couldn't figure it out. It's the dry... Yeah, dry air. It's the warehouse. I mean, Dan should know anywhere like with a warehouse that's so dry. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre, but anyway, um, Faye has unspoken aspirations. She should speak, speak them now. No. Okay, so Nightlin wants to know, and her Twitter handle is at Nightlin, N-Y-T-L-I-N. She wants to know, what has been your favorite moment in the game so far? I'm not going first. <laughs> My favorite part so far has been knowing I am useful rather than just whack walking up behind somebody and trying to kill them. Like, I, I play an intricate part in things. Okay, fair. That that's a that's a good point. I heal allies, I protect them, I keep things moving along, I I talk. It, it's different. It's very different. Detect evil. You, you're no longer the person in the back just listening. You, you're the person actually having to do the thing. Yeah. I think it's fun. I will say the, the best thing I really like is just coming at, trying to figure out little weird things that the figulus can say randomly or just reacting to like when Dan will tell the party something or like I'm, we're, I'm trying to remember something and, he, and Dan will inform us in the middle of the game and the figulus is like, who said that? Oh, that is wonderful. You're the fourth wall acknowledgement. Um, just little weird, just 
coming up with little weird quirks and sayings for Defibulous, it's just it's just fun as hell to do and I really enjoy it. I think my favorite moment in the game so far is the fact that we opened the campaign to the cursed swamp and so many <laughs> weird things happened. Swamp's cursed. That the, 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 this poor innocent hunter cat that has never left her forest. First adventure out, she goes into a freaking jumps planes. Like, and now she's jaded. Now it's the I've seen weirder. <laughs> Except yeah. for them clouds. Or the time where she watched the sun move an entire hour back because a weird gnome pointed a gun at it and looked at it menacingly. That was a good moment. I I, I really enjoy those fun little comical moments that instead of just being a joke and it's the ha oh, ha okay yeah no that'd be funny if it happened no they happened. <laughs> For my next trick, I will I will intimidate the sun. Suddenly, daylight savings wasn't born. <laughs> God, I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. You are! <laughs> I vote to strike down Daylight Savings on favor. I... Nope, I have it. So so would you say you uh, are falling back? You could fall forward if you're not careful. <laughs> this is true. Um, God, my favorite moment. I have to say... The moment you guys went to the Red Herring Temple, that entire mini arc. That was a great temple. The hallucinations and Defibulous just being like, wow, as, as the, the paladin and the cat are just standing there blinking. Not even just that, but that was the, the when I really kind of threw off the let's stick to the story. And I kind of went, you know what? Screw it. Let, let's go weird. Let's go fun. And uh, I had I, I, that whole thing started out as a joke about a red herring, and I literally made an entire what was it like four episodes, five episodes of fish-related jokes. Every yeah, all the all the fish puns. That was a good episode. Yeah, and and having Defibulous fail that first roll was great because that means I got to also play with multiple aspects of everything and the fact that if you think about it people still ask are you are you hallucinating again yeah that too yeah red, the red herring temple was good times i can't wait until we get to godspell yeah i don't well pixie's been listening to the series have have you come across any moments that you enjoyed if they're 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 the the ones that you have already played in I'm still kind of floored by just walking into the marketplace and asking for someone who does forgeries. I think, <laughs> I think that that was the moment I knew that I really did want to go ahead and play the rogue when I joined. <laughs> that, that still gets a giggle out of me. As far as moments I've played, um, I enjoyed finding my ticket in the book. It was a tiny touch that I just really liked. It was a small attention to detail, and I think it told Faye that she was exactly where she needed to be. Look at you coming in with the sentimental instead of the laughter. <laughs> I did both. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, that's, that's, that's fine. All right, so Nari at Into the Night Pod 
their Twitter handle is at end of the night pod, um, wants to know, I want more info on the storyteller. And this is our last set of questions. I want more info on the storyteller. We never hear about him. And in my mind, he is controlling the story. Where did he get this book? Why does he insist on leaving cliffhangers? So I want everyone else to answer this first before I answer it. Not, not it. Answer. Just not yet. All right. I'll answer this one. I don't mind picking out this one. I feel like this is a Disney's Aladdin genie moment. Oh my god, I was gonna do that! Dang it! <laughs> Alright then! Arabian Nights! Like Arabian Nights! Yeah, we're hotter than hot, we're hotter than not! In a lot of good ways! Okay. We're done now. Oh man. Nobody is ever going to top Robin Williams in certain things, but that's the vibe that I get out of it. Apparently it's a pretty strong vibe. Yep. I made a playful joke when I read this one to Dan going, it's just you and old and left it as that. Ah, how I met your mother situation. <laughs> For what she said off mic was, oh, how I met your mother situation. No, she said that on she mic. She said off mic. Oh, okay, it was perfect timing in my earballs then. What about you, Ethan? Well, as for the cliffhanger, I think he just, Dan likes doing that just to mess with us because he knows we want to keep going. He's like, and done. And just likes causing chaos that way. Troll. Yeah. Yeah. Super troll. G gotta get your jollies where you can, okay? And I, I kind of look at the storyteller as... Not just like he's narrating a story, but as like almost like someone who's there watching the story, and as if like he was there. He just he feels like he's not just a narrator. He feels like he's part of the story, and to me that could be anything from just my own personal weird take on it to it's like you know someone who's actually there retelling the events of what happened at a different date. So I guess I now need to answer, huh? Yep, give it up. So before I answer this, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. I can't wait to do another one next year. Um, thanking Pixie for moderating this and want to have everyone, you know, thank everyone for joining me with this year of just the weirdness. And those As who reached out and made us, gave us questions, because otherwise yeah. we would have had like three. Yeah. Um, and I will be giving everyone who did this a shout out on Twitter, as well as I will be putting your tags in the descriptions of the episode so that people can find you. Because all of these guys that all these people who have uh, submitted these questions are fellow podcasters. And a lot of them, like Nari and Everything's a Mimic and Space Castle, we've actually gotten pretty close to. So, Nari, this one's for you. I'm actually going to answer this as the storyteller. Give me a moment. He has to prep his voice. Get the get the, the vibe going. Well, me friends, it seems as if Nari has a question of who I am. Well, I guess the easiest way to answer that is to say goodbye. And may the dice gods bless your every role. And I will answer this next year. 
on season oh. two. Or sad saxophone. I thought it was sad trombone. No, 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 no. We need the sex noodle. <laughs> Not a tromboner. Ooh, a tromboner and a sex noodle. Blend but them. But unfortunately, I cannot give information about the storyteller. Yeah, no, seriously, we, we can't. You, you're just going to have to wait, Nari. Ah, so he is important. I would absolutely love to hear everyone's fan story on him because I'm really curious because he was developed last minute. I needed something to intro the camp the episodes with and the storyteller was born and I started listening to a lot of like old sailors and I got this strange voice and it just kind of evolved but no I, I can't I can't give away much with him for for story reasons I mean I have the Aladdin thought but there's also the in-game thought that I had if the people listening remember that one uh, person that had all the books and refurbished the books and redid the books and knew everything that was in the library of that area could always <gasps> be him. Do you mean the skeleton that we found? Yes. Because oh. he knows all the books and people's lives get written down in books. So there is a book mm. of the fibulous that you were right. In, in that, that there's books on everybody. Sounds like Faye needs to go onto the stacks. All right, so to get to the skeleton, you got to go hire a rat pirate to take you across the seas to be swallowed up by a bone hand. And lose several days. Blackout for Black God Rose. knows how long. And then go through a series of problems. So you're going to go swimming around in the ocean for a while. Yeah. Hallucinations and uh, worm-induced, leech-induced acid trips are, are required. Well, that came after. Okay, look, in the pursuit of knowledge, librarians are fearless and relentless. This is true. I know three of them. I wanted to be one, but I didn't pass the tests. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's our our year one Q&A. Yay! Perfect timing. Ooh. Yeah. So I hope you guys join us for another year. Um, we do have season two planned. Um, we have not made characters because we're not done with this season yet. But Nightland and I have actually started work on season two. Um, if you've caught a couple of the episodes, I believe I actually lean into let you guys know that we are going to do a Shadowrun episode. I'm still working on picking an addition. I'm probably going to lean towards fifth because they have all the cool stuff. Um, so, yeah. I already have a season two and a season three plan, but I'm not allowed to say anything about season three because I don't know anything yet. Other than it's going to be Starfinder. Yeah, it's going to be Starfinder. That much we know. That's all we know. But that much we know. <laughs> hey, I made a character for that once. Are we doing a season four? We actually are thinking of season four of opening it up for you or Ethan or uh, uh, maybe a, a close friend to come in and do like a smaller campaign. You know, give Dan and I a brain break. I'll do a 5e campaign. Yeah, I mean, we're, we will open it up for season four for somebody to run something if they want. Yep. Oh, God, if I'm going to run something, I'm going to have to sit down and brain with people to bring it up to code. 
oh no, 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 no. Um, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm a forever player. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, nope. Faye and I, forever players. I am never GMing. I will help co-GM, and I will help, like, be a rubber ducky. But I will never... Yeah, I'll do your hey, art Dan. for you. Yes. I think we nominate uh, Nightland as now the new GM. No, no. Do you know how many times I have been in charge of things? No. Hey, you GM... Well, no, you quit after, like, two hours of trying. Yep. All right. Well, let's say our goodbyes and all that. Can I just meow? No, say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> On that note, goodbye. Good, good night and goodbye. 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 <laughs> Again, guys, thank you for joining us. This is Dan the GM signing off for this episode of Let the Dice. Again, we want to thank Paizo for the creation of Pathfinder. We want to thank Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you want to reach out to us, find us at whatthedice.weebly.com. You'll be able to find all sorts of ways to contact us.